0: It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, investigate, report, explore, from WBEZ.
1: For years, Hazel Foster had wanted to buy a home in the East Calumet neighborhood of East Chicago. So when the opportunity arose, Yeah, I thought it was a blessing. 30 miles from the loop, East Chicago is right across the border in Indiana. It's a city of 30,000 with mostly Black and Latino residents a third live in poverty. When he was growing up in the 1950s, this neighborhood, with its rows of bungalow homes, was off-limits to African Americans like Gazelle. But 11 years ago, he finally got a chance to buy a home here. He had a steady job working for the city. He'd mapped out a future in his head. Well, this was going to be another starter home for me. I was going to stay here for a while, and then I was going to
0: seek a bigger and a better home.
1: But a decade after he moved in, Hazel's neighborhood was suddenly all over the news, and not for a good reason.
0: Well, residents in the Calumet neighborhood of East Chicago have been living on land contaminated by lead from old factories for decades. The Environmental Protection Agency has been aware of the problem and actively testing soil there since the 1980s.
1: He couldn't believe the home he'd been so excited about was sitting on top of polluted land. And he couldn't believe the government had known about the contamination for years and hadn't told him about it sooner. Curious City has gotten a lot of questions about Azelle's neighborhood. People wondering, why is East Chicago so polluted? How has the pollution affected people living there? I'm reporter Kevin Stark. Today, we're gonna focus on Azelle's story. But there are many stories like his in East Chicago. People whose homes, whose lives, and whose health have been impacted by pollution from industrial sites. And we'll answer some of those questions Curious City has received. How did East Chicago get this way? And what are your options if you're in a situation like Gazelle's, where your plans for the future have been upended because your home is polluted, and you're not sure you trust the people who are supposed to help you clean it up? The story in East Chicago begins over a century ago. Similar to Gary and other nearby cities, East Chicago began as a place for heavy industry. The housing was built after the steel mills and the plants were already established. One documentary christened it with the nickname, Steel Town.
0: East Chicago is a tough,
1: blue-collar steel town of 30,000 people in northwest Indiana, 30 miles from Chicago. Northwest Indiana historian James Lane says for much of the 20th century, industry provided jobs for the people, tax revenue for the city, and a shared identity. At one time, in fact, I think uh, East Chicago Boosters called their city the, the most industrial of industrial cities, You know, bragging about the heavy industry that was going to supposedly produce good-paying jobs. Azell's neighborhood was home to a lead smelter operated by the company USS Lead. Over the decades, USS Lead polluted the ground with heavy metal slag. But for much of the 20th century, not many people were thinking about the consequences of pollution. People would say, if there's pollution in the air, that means there's good jobs and prosperity. It wasn't until the 1970s, as the environmental movement was taking shape, that Americans began to wake up to the reality of how harmful pollution could be. And in East Chicago, nobody really paid any attention until the 1980s, when the pollution had already become widespread. You know, as early as the mid-80s, there were warnings that this place was polluted. It, it shouldn't have been any big surprise when suddenly
0: the EPA discovered, wow, this place is, uh, is unsafe for kids and,
1: and adults too. That's when the area was first considered for a Superfund list, which would make it eligible for federal cleanup money. For the next 30 years, the city, the state, and the EPA went back and forth with a lot of ideas. A few things were tried, but if you ask Gazelle and other residents, all of the studies, the partial cleanups, and the legal memos, amounted to a lot of talk with little action. In 2016, the true scope of the problem became clear for many East Chicagoans, when the mayor condemned a nearby public housing complex and notified over a thousand residents that they were living on land heavily polluted with lead. That move by the mayor got the attention of EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt, who came to East Chicago with the governor of Indiana. Pruitt promised to make it right. Uh, please know that it's the EPA's objective. My objective
0: is the administrator of the EPA to come in and make sure that people's health is protected here in East Chicago
1: and that they can have confidence that their land, their health, is going to be secure for the long term. This is the promise Pruitt made. But given what's happened with the EPA in the past, Azell doesn't think he'll follow through. Azell says the community around his neighborhood, mostly people of color with little political power, has been neglected. After all, it wasn't until 2016 that the EPA notified Azell that his yard was contaminated with lead and arsenic. The pollution was above a level set by the EPA, and the agency dug out his soil as part of a neighborhood cleanup last year. And they did the same thing at another 120 homes. Azell's backyard was bad, but not so bad. The EPA tested and told him it was fine, but they did clean up his neighbor's backyard, which Azelle found suspicious. All alongside here from that Hup patio thing, all the way down. They dug up. So you mean to tell me this is contaminated and this isn't? And there's another reason that he's weary of all these promises. There's pollution from a whole other site that I haven't even mentioned yet. The DuPont site is. A hundred feet from us. right right across the tracks. Right across the railroad tracks and behind a chain-link fence is a defunct chemical plant that was once operated by DuPont. The EPA says DuPont contaminated the groundwater with arsenic. The CDC says arsenic can cause cancer, high blood pressure, and diabetes. It's most dangerous if it gets into your body, like if a kid eats polluted dirt. But it can be harmful if it gets on your skin, too. That goes to the water. Oh, wow. Look at yeah. that. It it's all, it's just pouring out here. But now you see all that sand is coming out of the ground now, along with the rust. The pump pours brown colored water into the alley behind his house, where maybe it just seeps back into the ground. Like the USS Lead site, EPA is facilitating the DuPont cleanup, but it's under a different program, one that has fewer resources and that is managed by the polluter. Azell and his neighbors are concerned about a partial cleanup, what they call a pave and wave. So Azell and his neighbors turn to an independent expert for help. Tony Osborne works for Thermo Fisher Scientific, a company that specializes in manufacturing testing equipment like the Star Trek-looking object in his hand. We are in a big open room at a school in East Chicago. Azell and other residents have organized free soil testing. And there's a lot at stake for Azell. A high reading could confirm Azel's suspicions that the EPA tests are inaccurate. Right. Izzel is holding two plastic bags filled with dirt. Tony and Azel are looking for signs of contamination. Primarily lead and arsenic today, but also copper, zinc. Tony takes that. the dirt and spoons it into a small container, about the size of a quarter. He points the x-ray gun at the dirt, and voila, a minute later, results for lead. Azel brought a copy of the EPA test for comparison.
0: Okay, so let's see. So this is, this, this is front, their yeah. measurements. Yeah, this is theirs. Uh-huh. Okay, so we're kind of pretty close. Okay, so we're getting about 162. Okay. Um, and did they say
1: arsenic as well. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah. So arsenic, I'm getting about 14. So that's about the same as what okay. they're saying. Okay. The numbers match the EPA's, which makes Azell sit back in his chair. That's the results. Okay. I can't interpret the
0: results. I give you the results.
1: Right, gotcha. Okay. So this is all right. Hazel, how are you feeling after looking at these?
0: I don't know if satisfied, but I mean, the, the results are what they are.
1: Yeah, and I would have to go along with them, especially when it was done by someone else besides the EPA. Yeah. It might seem strange that Azell is disappointed. After all, the results show that pollution is below the EPA limit but Azell's worried about how the contamination might have impacted the value of his home, his investment. Ironically, Azell had actually hoped they would have found a higher level of contamination. At the very least, the EPA would have been forced to clean up the pollution in his backyard. Or maybe he could have gotten some kind of financial settlement. Last year, the EPA floated the idea of buying out contaminated homes. But instead, he's kind of in a middle ground, not polluted enough to get bought out, but polluted enough that the value of his home has depreciated by a lot. He estimates by about... Uh, $40,000 from what I bought it for. So Azell, who, as a kid, was excluded from the neighborhood because of racial prejudice, finally bought a house here as part of a dream to move up, finds himself between industry and a bureaucracy. It does it feel like you're stuck? Well, yeah, it's definitely an obstacle I have to overcome. If all the soil in his neighborhood is remediated... Couldn't the groundwater just pollute the yards again, he wonders? How's he supposed to tell that to a potential homebuyer? Chris Eisman, a chemistry professor at Valparaiso University, has been sampling homes in Azelle's neighborhood. He says the EPA lead and arsenic tests may be accurate. But that doesn't mean that that's everything that could be in the groundwater that's of concern for these residents. Groundwater is not like topsoil. It is really, really difficult to to get to and clean up. He says all the decades of pollution from the lead and chemical factories is commingling in the soil and steeping in the groundwater like a tea bag. Should they should the residents be concerned? I think I would be concerned because of the history of the area. Yeah, they should be asking those questions. I definitely think so. So here are Azell's options. He can sell his home and eat the loss on his mortgage or he can stay in his home and live with the contamination. That must be so frustrating. Well, of course it is. Hopefully some could come out of this DuPont thing and things could get better, because complaining, ain't nobody listening. Cleanup crews will dig up another 111 homes in his neighborhood this summer. If Fazelle's backyard tested higher for lead, the agency would have dug it up, too. But it didn't. EPA officials say the cleanup will take another three years, at least. Hazel's home was supposed to be an investment, a brief stop on a path to something bigger and better. But now, even if the EPA says his yard is okay, Hazel is surrounded by pollution. And here's something else I noticed. When Hazel first moved here, he called the neighborhood by its name, East Calumet. Today, Hazel calls his neighborhood Zone 3, That's the name the EPA uses. Reporting for this story comes from me, Kevin Stark. Additional reporting from Carrie Leiderson. Support comes from the Conant Family Foundation.
0: Hi, I'm Monica Ang. And as a reporter for Curious City, I've answered questions about foods invented in Chicago. There was a sandwich in there called the gym shoe. Why school kids learned to play the recorder. Start on D, ready, go. Or why boys swam naked at Chicago public schools through the 1970s. And it, it seemed like torture. Girls get swimsuits and we didn't. Why was that the case? It didn't make much sense to us. Curious City has a team of four people dedicated to answering your questions, and we need your help to sustain that. Over half of WBEZ's budget comes from donations from listeners like you. So please consider making a donation. And you can tell WBEZ you appreciate Curious City specifically by going to wbez.org slash curious. There, you can make a donation of any amount you choose. And for Curious City fans, we have a special thank you gift. Donate $3.50 a month or more, and we'll mail you a beautiful Curious City poster illustrating all six of Chicago's underground tunnel systems. based on an answer to a listener's question. And anybody who makes a donation through the WBEZ.org slash Curious Portal will be entered into a drawing to win a super fun prize. It's a visit with the Curious City team at our Navy Pier offices. You'll sit in on one of our edits and see us making the sausage, so to speak, for Curious City's podcast. Again, go to WBEZ.org slash Curious to make your donation. And thank you.